Hello and welcome to the Black Top Podcast, where the topics are shot and the opinions are hot. I'm your host, Oscar Hernandez, as always, here to provide you with the topic today, drug and alcohol dependence. Um, Short article, alcohol consumption associated with collegiate American football pregame festivities by the authors Lisa J. Merlo, Brian K. Amidani, David A. Berendez, Kipling M. Bonner, and Mark S. Gold. I apologize if I mispronounce the names, but it is what it is. So let's get right to it. The art of the pregame. Um, well, first of all, for those who don't know what pre-gaming is, it is defined as drinking alcohol before an event or a social function. That is directly from the Oxford Dictionary, and now you know what pre-gaming is. Um, pre-gaming is a very popular um, thing to do, especially among college students. Uh, college students be pre-gaming for any reason nowadays. I've seen it. I've witnessed it firsthand, of course, at UC Santa Barbara. And, well, to give a brief intro of what this academic journal is all about, um, I quote, Internationally, sporting events represent a specific context in which heavy episodic drinking is common. The current study assists determinants of heavy episodic drinking among tailgaters, uh, individuals engaging in pregame social festivities, prior to American football games at two large universities. A total of 466 individuals at two universities completed a short interview and provided a breathalyzer sample to estimate breath alcohol content, BRAC, during the tailgating window 150 minutes prior to and 10 minutes after the start of the game. End quote. So there are two universities. Um, these people are getting research about the amount of drinking that goes on in these pre-game uh, activities at these football games. Um, so their main point is that this amount of heavy drinking at these two universities and, well, pretty much every any university or place around in sporting events, it's a problem. You see, um, I quote, heavy episodic drinking may lead to short and long-term negative consequences in particular, represent a significant risk for heavy episodic drinking and related to criminal activity, especially in universities where football success is highly valued. End quote. So heavy drinking is a problem. And so the goal of this research project is, I quote, in order to assess the need for broader prevention slash intervention programs, the goal of this study was to compare characteristics of individuals who drink alcohol or engage in heavy episodic drinking during American collegiate football tailgating events, example, pregame social festivities typically involving food and alcohol that occur near the stadium. End quote. 
So that is the goal, um, to provide an analysis of the amount of drinking that goes on at these universities as examples to show that it's a big problem and it can lead to many consequences and what is uh, the best thing but to stop it now, obviously. Uh, before we enter into the actual research process, there are three hypotheses, hypothesi, I apologize, I'm saying it wrong, but whatever the plural for hypothesis is, I'm pretty sure it's hypothesis, but here we go. So the first hypothesis is heavy episodic drinking would be prevalent among tailgaters. Two, alcohol consumption would be greater among students than non-students. So what this means, there are non-students that go to these college football games just to either have fun or because they're big fans of the team. And third hypothesis, men will display higher levels of alcohol consumption than women. Before we proceed, the article makes it known that all procedures were approved by the institutional review boards at the two universities. End quotes. So my take on this is it's a pretty interesting um, research project that they're doing. You know, people drink. That's a fact. Uh, there's no need for shaming people that drink. But when it becomes a big problem, alcoholism alcoholism is no joke. And I see that these people are just trying to provide um, a point of view where people can see, hey, this is a lot of drinking. And maybe it's a probably uh, a bad idea, especially before a, a rowdy football game where things could be shaken up. Now, let's just proceed along with the rest of the article. Alright, so let's get straight to the procedure. Now, the question is, where are we going to find these heavy drinkers? What are they going to be doing? Where are they going to pregame? Well, obviously, at the tailgate. Well... According to the article, uh, and I quote, tailgating is permitted anywhere on the campus with students and non-students intermixing to set up tables, chairs, tents, radios, televisions, barbecue grills, and picnic supplies, end quote. Tailgating is a real deal, man. I mean, I remember I went to a tailgate for a game, a UCLA game. I mean, I didn't drink, but it was fun. I mean, also with my football coach, so course he didn't promote us drinking but i remember uh the barbecues and so many people you know you know pre-covid it was very fun and you know things there's a lot of activities to do you know people be setting up i just can't imagine another like college um football game so the procedure went along and so the participants um the people in charge of the study they just went down there and just in a, as I, and I quote, in a linear fashion, inviting each individual they encountered to participate, end quote. <clears throat> so these people just went down there to the tailgate, went to crowds, went to random people and just said, hey, you want to tell us how drunk you are? <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, and people, and so it was... The, the process or uh, the participation process was put into three steps one 
consent to participation with the first researcher, two, complete a short verbal survey with the second researcher, and three, provide a breath sample to the third researcher. So there's a group of three people taking, asking how drunk you are in, any, in every single way possible. And of course, um, people who, under, who was under the age of 18 were excluded from the study. Now, I find this funny. Now, I quote, refusals were recorded at the point the person declined to participate in order to prevent competition among participants with regard to alcohol consumption. Participants were not informed of their exact BRAC level. <clears throat> they were, however, informed if they were over or under the legal limit, the legal driving limit, which is 0.08, if the information was requested. End quote. So these researchers, what I like about these, what I what I like about this is that they know these students. You know, you start you start uh, you take a breathalyzer to a tailgate, you start giving it to random people. You're gonna be like, hey, I'm more drunk than you, or no, I'm drunk more, I'm more drunk. So a little competition will happen, and <laughs> and it's gonna defeat the purpose of the of the study. It's gonna make people uh, drink more, <laughs> which is uh, that's very that's funny. You know, they they know how these people think, and they're like, everything's a competition, <laughs> unless it was requested. Well, that's well, just like uh, an estimate, you know knowing whether or not you're okay to drive <laughs> all right so so the, this survey continued on so we have a self-survey and we had a breath sample now the people who refused to take the test that was recorded also and you know any little aspect that was taken you know of sex race ethnicity uh student status all that was recorded for the study um, also, participants reported the number of drinks they consumed on game day prior to assessment. So these people were shown a little chart of, of drinks and they were to point like how many drinks they took. Uh, to have a grasp on what heavy episodic drinking means, uh, according to the article, if a man uh, reported consuming five or more drinks, or a woman reported consuming four or more drinks that was categorized as heavy episodic drinkers for context. Yeah, because that is way and to and also the a drink means 12 ounces of beer. That's the equivalent of one drink. Um so the results were pretty interesting. Keep in mind that the hypothesis were that men drink more than women and that uh, students would drink more than non-students and also what was the first one let me get back to that um heavy episodic drinking would be prevalent among the tailgaters mm. so we have a table on this splendid article so it says that table one provides the demographic characteristics of two samples. So approximately 73% of individuals approached at school one and 75% of individuals at school two agreed to participate in the study. <clears throat> so just to quick summarize the table, we have school one and school two. Uh, we have 
the data on sex. So for school one, female is 43.6% and male is 56.4%. School two, 43.6% female and 56.4% male. Now the rest of the data uh, shows demographics and other tabs. So we have race ethnicity. So we have um, data on whites, Caucasian, black, African-American, Hispanics, and others. You know, the percentage of that and the student status, non-student, undergraduate, graduate, slash professional, uh, heavy episodic drinking. It shows the percentage of that. And our, as I said before, we determine it. We determine what it, that actually meant. Uh, what's funny is there's a tab, or I mean part of the data that says plan to attend game for both schools. And so the answer is yes or no. So people were asked if they're gonna attend the game after the pregame. So in school one, the people that said yes were 71.3%. And the people that said no was 28.7%, which is very funny, I mean, <laughs> Um, you you ask someone at a pregame event and tell them, hey, are you going to the game after? Like, no, like, are you crazy? That's a waste of time. I just came to drink. It, it just shows you the problem of, of alcohol and people just show up for a pregame event when the whole point of the event is to go to a, a, a football game or a soccer game or whatever game. And they're like, no, I just came to drink. I'm going to just take off later. <laughs> so... That's what's funny, and it just shows that this data just shows the demographics of it all. So what does this data mean, and what can be concluded from these results, and what can be said about the actual research method itself? Um, so uh, I quote, at both sites, younger age was associated with heavy episodic drinking, although it is noteworthy that 92.7% of the sample had reached the legal drinking age. Conceptually, university activities may seem to be student-dominated. However, football games at major universities are not, as depicted by the non-student-student ratio represented in this sample and in other research. So according to the hypothesis, um, there are more non-students drinking than students. So the hypothesis of students drinking more than non-students was proven wrong, as according to the data. And also, however, uh, there are more men drinkers, according to the data. And for the other hypothesis, I quote, contrary to the expectations, the level of heavy episodic drinking were higher for non-students than for students at school one, although there were no differences at school two. So it remains prevalent. I also quote in the next paragraph, the BRAC levels observed among participants were also important as almost one third of the sample at school two and over 40% at school one were over the legal driving limit. Indeed, the range of observed BRC levels included unsafe maximum levels as high as 0.31 at school 1 and 0.29 at school 2. These findings represent a snapshot, snapshot view of alcoholic consumption among many individuals over a short period and do not necessarily represent their peak levels, which may be underestimated. End quote. <coughs> so this proves that there is more 
excessive alcohol consumption. And the differences be found between these two schools may be due to a variety of factors, including geographic location, culture norms, weather patterns, and possible police presence. So these limitations on these research projects is due to many things, you know, whether it be policies or as was said in the quote, police presence, you know, many factors affecting the results to be um, more effective. We could have gotten more specific results if it wasn't for these factors. So there are limitations, of course, to these, to the data. Uh, I quote, several limitations of the present study should not, should be noted. Data were collected at two universities with high profile football programs. Therefore, the findings may not be generalizable to other settings. Also, the use of a breathalyzer soon after an individual had a drink may have unintentionally measured mouth alcohol levels that could be higher than the actual BRAC. So little mistakes like that can affect a big chunk of the data. You know, it makes a big difference and it should be looked out for. This is why the article and the authors encourage for there should be uh, more research and a similar project done again at other universities and even professional settings. Now, with the conclusion, within the context of these limitations, the findings have important implications for public health. I quote, given the high levels of alcohol consumption observed, more effort is needed to decrease heavy episodic drinking and tailgating activities. This should be included it should include implementation of both on and off campus prevention programs, which may also be extended to professional sporting events. Finally, research is needed to assess the impact of interventions developed to curb heavy episodic drinking associated with sporting events, end quote. So what is my take on this? My take, of course, is I honestly do agree that heavy episodic drinking shouldn't be encouraged, especially at events where it is very common to do so. Um, This article doesn't provide much um, context on why drinking this heavily is a very bad thing. I think they take it as more as this is a research project to see how much people drink more than, oh, what drinking does to you if you drink too much. But overall, they just treat it as common sense. Common sense in uh, saying that drinking too much uh, will provide many, many negative consequences. So it's always well to do it in moderation, as this is a project, um, a research project, speaking about the amount of consumption at these sporting events rather than, oh, at a typical, uh, typical party, like for example. Obviously, people are going to drink at a party or at a restaurant, but the levels spike up when it's in a sporting event, and that's the main focus here. These sporting events promote these big, heavy drinking, um, tailgating sessions, and there should be a stop to it. There should be more awareness on why drinking moderation is a better idea.